What is up, everybody? This is Ryan here for the Scale Up Show. I have a very special guest, Mario Martinez, the CEO and founder of Angresso. Really cool story about how he transitioned a seven-way merger, a sales training company, into a SaaS company, and he's creating a global... Check it out. How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to the Scale Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley, and I have a very special guest with me today. I have Mario Martinez Jr., who is the CEO and founder of Ingresso. Something really unique about Mario is we're going to get into his disruptive mindset, decode success strategies, and tap into his knowledge of how he transformed a sales training company into a SaaS company that's thriving right now and doing some really cool things. Mario, welcome. Happy to have you on the show, man. Ryan, my man, I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank you so much for having me, bro. Uh, no problem, man. I'm, I'm happy. Uh, we're we're uh, favorite movie brothers, right? We, we identified uh, on Mario's podcast that uh, our favorite movie is Goonies, right? So if anybody wants a, a secret path to our hearts, hit us up with some Goonie swag and we will uh, remember you forever. But not to get absolutely yeah <laughs> not to get distracted on that before we get deep into your story because you definitely have a unique one that i would love to share with you the listener is let's get into where you're at in the stage of the journey right now with your company so ballpark where are you guys at in terms of your arr good question so uh we actually launched in august of last year 2022 and uh from then till now we're sitting at about one hundred and thirty thousand dollars in arr um and uh, a little over 5,000 global users on the platform called Fly Message, uh, which happens to be a text expander platform and soon to be an AI writing uh, platform as well um, that we'll be able to launch for some awesome, really, some really amazing use cases. Uh, and uh, the journey has been um, a, it was a 12 month long plan to get us to where we were from converting from where, what we used to be to what we are now. That's awesome. We're going to have to dig into that because that's, uh, like I said, a very unique path. So what's your primary go-to-market strategy right now in terms of how you're executing in terms of growing the company? Good question. So right now for our focus, it's a product-led growth strategy with a sales-led growth motion. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, if you think about uh, product-led growth, it's really going out and having the masses. So Johnny at company ABC tells Susie, tells Mary, tells Billy, tells Bobby, and then you end up with you know 100 users at company ABC. And then that turns into what's called a sales-led growth motion. So product-led growth driven by sales-led growth, that's the, the motion that we're going to market with. In terms of how we're acquiring users, uh, believe it or right uh, or not, let me try that again. Believe it or not, uh, we have done mastered the art of content marketing as well as search engine optimization. We're not where we want to be in terms of driving the total number of users per day. Uh, you know, that's roughly about 500 users uh, per month that we're driving onto the platform, and I want to get to 5,000 uh, in terms of per month. So we got a long ways to go, but going from nothing to something. And using all organic without any advertising has been the way that we've uh, driven most of our users, along with myself and my co-founder. Both of us are, are respectfully influencers on the social media side as well as the sales side. So we've obviously helped contribute to that in a significant way as well, using social media influence. Excellent. And, and I think that's that's really strong and a huge opportunity. I, what what So what platforms are you most dominant on or that you spend the most time on? 
Uh, so for me, it's LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, that's where most of the B2B sales folks would be. Sales folks, sales uh, reps, sales leaders, sales enablement leaders, and marketing leaders. Uh, and for my co-founder, uh, actually very similar, but she's expanded out now into uh, TikTok and Instagram, which is exactly where we want her to be to be able to attract the knowledge worker, which is who we're going after now under the Fly Message platform. Oh, okay. Excellent. So that's you're kind of dividing and conquer, conquering, I should say, in terms of the, the platform. So that's awesome. So walk us through Fly Message. What is it exactly? And, you know, kind of what does it do? So Fly Message is a text expander platform today in its current pla- in its current use. So think of um, as an example that Google Doc, Word Doc, OneNote, Evernote, Notepad, Notebook, Draft, Email, uh, where you store all of your messages that you use over and over again for answering uh, frequently asked questions for customer support, sales prospecting messages say on LinkedIn or email, uh, or maybe you're a recruiter, or maybe you're an HR representative, or maybe you are onboarding somebody um, for uh, from HR as an example, um, or maybe you're a doctor, lawyer, physician uh, of some type, any specific type, or even a college professor who's built out a course syllabi of messaging to students on a week-over-week basis. So Fly Message basically allows you to take all of those messages that you've stored somewhere offline and allows you to put them into the cloud and create what's called shortcuts or short codes or what we call fly cuts. And with a few short keystrokes, you literally can build out an entire message anywhere you want, anywhere online. And the benefit that Fly Message brings is There is snippet technology, as what it's called, has been around for a long time. It's inside of Salesforce. It's inside of HubSpot. uh, Even Google has some of these items. But the problem is, is Salesforce and HubSpot platforms, as an example, or even Zendesk, they only work in one or two places. And as a knowledge worker, if I'm a salesperson, if I'm a CEO, if I'm an accounts payable person, if I'm a uh, customer support rep, as a customer support rep, I may be on right now Twitter answering questions and an hour later on email, an hour later on a drift chat bot through my website, and an hour after that on LinkedIn, and an hour after that through our, our service desk. So that's five different SaaS applications that I travel, and there's no one application that will give you these shortcuts across all of those platforms. And that's what Fly Message brings to the table in terms of text expansion. Uh, and uh, now what we're actually doing is, is launching this and integrating Fly Message into a user's workflow. And what do I mean by that? Meaning we're embedding it directly into Gmail, directly into Outlook, directly into LinkedIn, directly into LinkedIn Sales Navigator. And then what's in development right now is all the AI writing components. So you may write your own messages. You may have your own templates. But now you want Fly Message to actually write for you or reply for you to a message or reply for you uh, on a comment uh, to a post of some sort on LinkedIn. Well, we'll be able to do all those things uh, very specifically with Fly Message uh, to help a user really save time. And on average, our users that are using the platform save about an hour or more per day in helping to reduce the amount of typing that they would normally to have to either uh, type a whole message out or go find that message, copy that message, paste the message, edit the message. And we're eliminating pretty much all of those things. And it even gets worse, Ryan, if you think about it. Many folks don't actually have their messages stored in a Google Doc, Word Doc, OneNote, Evernote, Notepad, Notebook, or Draft email. Rather, what they do is they go and hunt and peck for it inside their sent folder. 
And then they spend 15 minutes just looking for a message. So the productivity problem that knowledge workers are facing is an insane, crazy, large problem. In fact, uh, users reported from around the globe that 83% of the time, uh, uh, um, uh, sorry, 83% of all users said that they actually use uh, the same message over and over again at least multi- one time or more inside of a month. 61% of those same set of users said they do it daily, right? So this is a major issue that we're trying to solve, and it all stemmed as a result of our sales training program. Well, so real quick, where did you get those stats from? Like in terms of uh, those stats actually came from Loom. Loom actually ah. published uh, in their um, Loom. I think it's called the Loom Communications. Um, oh, that's escaping me. I can give it to you afterwards, but it came from Loom. They just published it about three weeks ago or four weeks ago uh, that talked about some of the challenges that knowledge workers are having. That's awesome, man. Hello, this is Ryan here. Real quick, if you are enjoying this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a comment or review. If you want more help or just want to learn more about what the top SaaS CEOs and founders are doing, check out my website at www.ryanstaley.io. Join my newsletter, check out other free content resources I have there, and let me know if you want to scale your business. Now back to the episode. So, so talk to us about like I think that's a great natural transition. Oh, well, a couple other questions. I'm sorry before we get in. How, so, how many how many people do you have on your team? Um, and then are you bootstrapped or funded? The last two questions of the revenue rundown. We used to be almost upwards of 30 people. Now, um, as a result of transitioning out of the service model and into a SaaS model, we're sitting at about seven full-time folks in the organization and then a handful of part-time individuals across the organization. Uh, And in terms of bootstrapped or funded, we are um, absolutely both. (laughs) So uh, both Vivica and myself funded the transition uh, period um, into a SaaS company. And then between August and March of 2023, we raised about $650,000 in terms of funding from uh, various angel investors, a crowdfunding uh, campaign, as well as um, one uh, specific uh, venture capitalist. Okay, excellent, man. Okay, so let's talk about how you got here, right? Because you've highlighted that multiple times and really unique transition. So how did you get from, well, first of all, how did you, you start the sales training company and then... Talk to us on how you transitioned and what that looked like and what the journey was like. So uh, the journey originally started back seven years ago. I um, uh, wrote an article uh, that I was uh, laid off uh, voluntarily uh, from the organization, meaning I didn't want to be part of an organization that was um, churning people. And I wrote an article um, the day after, put it on LinkedIn, and it was the article that said, Dad, uh, you said LinkedIn would make you money. And that was a conversation with my five-year-old. Turns out that article was viewed by several key executives that were there three months earlier when I gave a presentation as the vice president of sales for a software collaboration company at LinkedIn's annual users conference. And at that time, I was speaking at LinkedIn's annual users conference, and I had launched a digital sales and social selling training program. And so as a result of writing this article, identifying that I was um, no longer employed, 
several executives who were in the audience uh, saw the article, subsequently reached out to me. And within three weeks of losing my job, I was now uh, doing my own business. And that's where it, it left from there in terms of takeoff and go. So with that in mind, um, in that first year, I was on my own. But then I said, you know, I'm not, this is not working for me. I want it to be bigger. So I performed then a seven-way company merger about a year and three months after I started my first company. Um, that was single-handedly the hardest thing I've ever done. And I would never do it again. Seven-way. And in fact, I used Seven-way merger? Is that what, what I heard you say? It was a seven-way. Yeah. Seven-way <laughs> company merger all wow. at the same time. Uh, and we ripped the bandit off. And I tell you, my hairline used to start right over here about an uh, inch and a half forward. Um, and it used to be all black. So now it's all gray <laughs> with a smidgen of black inside there. Um, but yeah, it was a seven-way company merger. And uh, we had four of our original founders that stayed with the company um, up until about uh, almost, uh, I guess it's been about a year, two, almost two years, two years ago, as we decided to transition into a SaaS company. Um, and now we still have two of our original founders out of those seven, um, six years later. So um, I did that. And when we formed the seven-way company merger, we became collectively the largest digital sales prospecting training company globally. But now we had to put it all together and start going to market. And we did. We did that. And we maintained that record. We maintained that, um, that, uh, uh, that position for uh, about five years in the market. And it was interesting because uh, during that, that time, um, our crescendo, our, our claim to fame, or the things that was the, the best thing that ever happened to us was uh, the world's largest sales training company, which was known as Miller Hyman Group, mm -hmm. got acquired by Corn Ferry, a, a $3 billion public recruiting company. Um, Miller Hyman actually, for the first time in their 40 plus year company history, they hired an outside sales training company. And that was Vingresso. And so that was a huge feather in our cap in terms of being able to have uh, that accolade. So um, what happened was, is as we did our enterprise training, we launched these playbooks. These were sales messaging playbooks. Mm -hmm. And it was a 27-page playbook with 60 different sales scripts inside there. And what we observed was, is sellers were using the playbook for all different use cases, for connecting on LinkedIn, for sending a cold outreach message, for uh, wishing someone a happy work anniversary and converting that into a meeting. So it worked um, to the extent that we wanted it to work. But then we said, there's got to be a better way. Because not only were we giving a playbook, but sales enablement leaders were giving a playbook. And um, also sales managers were giving their reps a playbook as well. So inevitably, a seller could have two or three playbooks that they were using that they had to go and open. Mm -hmm. And then what they did was is they created their own set of, quote, greatest hits. And now you had basically the rogue warriors that were out there that were sending out whatever it is that they want. And now you had a lack of control in terms of brand uniformity, tone, messaging, old product stuff, old articles, etc. So we said, well, what if we were to take all of our sales messages, put them into the cloud? And that was Fly Message. That was the first introduction of Fly Message, where basically we added the software on as part of our training program, didn't charge for it. We put it into the cloud, um, left it open for anybody to download. We only onboarded about 450 folks uh, through our enterprise training program. Now, fast forward one year later, that was from December of 2020 when we launched it to December of 2021. Uh, and I woke up one morning and I received an alert that a company by the name of PillPack had onboarded their digital pharmacists to our platform. Yeah. And I thought, what are digital pharmacists <laughs> doing on a sales 
productivity uh, platform. And that's where it hit me. I didn't realize this, but guess what? Pharmacists were also using repeatable messages. We received your prescription. Your prescription couldn't be processed. Your insurance didn't go through. It's time. To, uh, it's been delivered. They were using that to be able to create shortcuts and fly, uh, fly cuts or fly messages, if you would, uh, to deploy this out to their customer base. What was interesting here, Ryan, was I said, well, how many users do we have on the platform? Now I'm curious. And at that time, we had 2,000 users on the platform. And that all happened because Ryan told Billy, Billy told Bobby, Bobby told Mary, Mary told Susie. And that was the only word of mouth marketing that, that was going on and happening. And so that was in December of 2021. Uh, in January of 2022, Vivica and I um, implemented a what, what um, we planned to be a 12-month-long plan to convert ourselves from a service-based company into a software-based company. And um, it had various milestones. One of them was August of 2022 when we changed all the messaging on the website and then we transitioned customers out of the business. So it was a very detailed plan. I'm proud to say that we hit the 12 month plan by uh, making it a third, it was 13 months. So it was pretty darn close uh, in the economy that we're in. And it was a very laser focused plan in terms of how we were gonna transition everything out of the business and move everything along. Well, yeah, that, I mean, hey, congrats on, on making the change. And uh, I mean, that's a that's a heavy lift, right? When you're doing that. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd ever want to merge a seven way merger. That just sounds uh, that sounds like you're hazing yourself. Right. But uh, oh, I absolutely <laughs> did, bro. I mean, talk about I'm telling you in six years, I my, someone just saw a picture of me from about seven years ago. They're like, oh, my God, you look so much younger. Uh, but I've been in startup mode for basically seven years. Yeah. I I mean, here's the thing, dude. But I mean, my, my forehead has gotten exponentially bigger, I think, just since I started in, in sales leadership. So uh, I feel you on that one. Right. And by the way, he, he if you're listening, Mario's, you know, still a good looking man. Has got everything put together. Looks distinguished now, right? That's the the right. Oh, I, I like to think so. I like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but but like we. So essentially, just to, to recap what you said. So it sounds like basically you you had playbooks, and then you're just like you know what, screw this. We're just gonna make them available digitally, right? And then that started to catch fire. And then you're like, hey, there's something here. We need to we need to roll with this, and then create this into a product. And then that's kind of how you did it, right? So that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, we didn't plan that. But right. I like to say I was smart enough that I planned the whole thing out, but I wasn't. I was smart enough, however, to see the trend. Right. And and then react accordingly. Yeah. Which is which is brilliant, man. And, and that's sometimes some of the best things happen. I mean, even, um, you know, you talk to Sam Jacobs at, at Pavilion and, you know, I've had him on the show before and he he talked to me about it. He's just like, I didn't originally plan this. Like, you know, this wasn't my, pl I didn't draw it up on a napkin and this wasn't the way it was. Right. Um, and it was just informal meetings for a couple of years, I think that eventually turned into uh, that. So, so I guess like, how did you, since you didn't have any back, like technical background experience, right? Like personally, like that yours is in sales, right? You grew up in the sales world. Yeah. Sales and marketing and executive leadership. Yeah. And then and we had no CTO. Yeah, so how did uh, you do we that? still don't have a CTO. So how did you do that, man? Because like, um, yeah, that's where oh. a lot of people get stuck, right? Is they, you know, they don't have a CTO. They're go-to-market experts or sales or marketing, whatever, right? So how did you do that? 
Yeah. So I will say that if I were to redo this all over again and start over and hindsight being 2020, I would actually go to market with a technology officer because that would cut off basically about the last three years of my life (laughs) on trying to learn this side of the house. But, you know, interesting question, Ryan, because as I look back at every single milestone that I've ever achieved on a personal career level, it was always tackling something that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And so this was no different for me. As an example, um, if you would have asked me seven years ago, did you know how to become a sales influencer and get paid $25,000, $50,000 for you to go and put social posts and media and speak for a company, right? Did you know how to do that? Or did you know that that was possible? Uh, or did you know how to make that plan? I would have said no to you, right? And so it, it started to happen. And so now you research, you identify, you make uh, plans, and then you try and you see what works, right? Um, and you adjust very fast. And that's the key is adjusting very fast as an executive leader. Um, you've got to be able to be able to assess and then take risks. So on this technology side, I, I definitely outsourced the development into a great development um, house. Smartly Built was a great partner of ours, and uh, they helped with the first phase of that. And then right after that, um, I uh, maintained that in-house for about six months with a, lo- a local developer that I had already on the team. And as I began to see that this was needed more love, I went out and hired my first developer. And that first developer is now our engineering manager who actually heads up all of uh, our application engineering um, here for the organization. So I definitely have the wicked smart individual. But if I look at the office of a CTO, it's really categorized into three different components. One, it's the technology development. Two, it's product development, product design, um, and understanding the needs of the business or needs of the users and translating that into technology uh, development. And then three, that's the project management, right? So making sure that you're moving all the pieces in in one fell swoop. So if I looked at all those three components, what I decided to do was is make the office of the CTO a three-headed uh, or uh, a group, if you would. Now, are there better ways to do this? Yes, there are. If I were to redo this all over again, would I have a technology officer? Absolutely, I'd go to market with the technology officer. But I didn't. And this is how I went to market. Um, And so with that in mind, I found an amazingly strong project manager um, who actually now has been helping a lot on product design. That's Santiago Salazar. He's on my team. Uh, Love that guy. He's been with me for almost three years. And I've moved him along in different roles and different organizations, different um, departments. And he's killed it at every single one of those stages, right? So I knew that I can bring him along on this journey. Uh, Then I had my technology leader, right? who uh, necessarily didn't have the CTO experience, didn't have the UI product design experience, but could take anything that I said, this is what I want to do and develop it, right? Brilliantly smart guy. Uh, And then myself in terms of product design, product um, uh, development. And that wasn't hard to learn. That was what I did to become a sales leader. It is what I did to become a sales influencer. It is what I also did to become a marketing leader, now being asked to help Fortune 100 companies um, improve their marketing strategies for social media and content marketing, as an example. So all of those things that I did, which was read, watch videos, apply, that's what I did here. Um, and, and what I would say is, is I did that all at the same time as being the CEO and being the chief sales officer as well. So when did I do it? I did it exactly as any other entrepreneur or CEO would do at a SaaS company. And that is, I don't take time for my family. 
I take time from my sleep. And that's a sacrifice that I make. And you know that you're willing to do it if you are okay with not getting enough sleep. And until the point that you're not okay with it is the point that you'll make change or do something different. So that was really important to me is, um, you know, like after 5.30, 6 o'clock, I'm with my family, with my kids. We're outside. We're playing. We're doing all the stuff. And then at 9.30, 10 o'clock after everybody goes to bed, now from 10 to 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm back into startup phase and I'm learning and I'm developing. I'm designing. I'm doing all that. All that. And then I turn around and get back and do it at 7 a.m. Again, I would say if I had it a different way, I would do it, but as an executive leader, we're startup leaders. And as a startup leader, you got to be scrappy. You got to make decisions and you got to be able to go all in. Yeah. No, and props to you for making that sacrifice, man. I mean, that's hard. Well, first of all, two things. Props for you for carving out the time for your family and making that a priority. And then two, like you're, you're making the sacrifice that you need to do at the stage you're at to make it a reality, right? Like, I mean, you see all of it on LinkedIn, like, oh yeah, I work six hours a week and give everybody the middle finger that doesn't do that. And I think there's value in that at certain stages of your life and your career, depending on what season it's in. But to just say that, you know, I'm a sol- solopreneur and uh, that's what I do. And, you know, there's, I don't know, I, there's a lot of viewpoints on that. So anyways, I don't want to get off off target on that, but. Um, well, I mean, what I would, well, just one thing I was going to say is, is, again, if you recognize that you're willing to take, you're willing to sacrifice your sleep, there'll come a point in time where you say, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. But if you sacrifice somebody else, your children's time, your family's time, um, you know, even something in terms of sales production and sales numbers for, for the company, right. Or anything else in the company, then it's everybody else that's affected and you don't recognize the pain. And that's why I think it's super important that if you want to be a business owner, a startup founder, a SaaS company and bring that to market, you better make sure that the only person that is impacting is you, right? Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean you can't have a champion of support, like maybe your wife is working or your spouse is working and they are holding down the financial burden of the family. You could do that. That's cool. But that's important. I think that a lot of startup founders don't recognize is that it, they don't make the pain cause to them. Because if you have the pain causing, it's, it's impacting you, you're going to do one of two things. You're going to either eliminate that pain as fast as you possibly can, which is the incentive that exactly that you're looking for to get it right and to do it right and do it fast, uh, or you're going to quit. And it's going to be a heck of a lot easier to quit way, uh, way earlier than it will be downstream. True. Very true. So let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, let's get back into the business side because one of the things you mentioned earlier was just like, Hey, we're going to shift from, I don't want to say the short code approach or basically, you know, creating messages on the fly, but also do a writing tool. Why do you think that's a good avenue to go down right now? Great question. So, um, you know, one of the things we definitely raise money and we definitely have investors at the table that are talking to us and investors are getting the concept of what we're trying to do and they, they recognize it. But as I was looking at the evolution of where everybody is going and where everything is going, I also looked at this and started talking to investors and said, hey, if I were to build a platform play that I could do this entire process for the knowledge worker, would that be more attractive? And they're like, absolutely would be more attractive. But also, it accelerates 
our opportunity to get into the enterprise. Mm -hmm. Whether that's small business, medium business, or large enterprise, it would accelerate that opportunity. So for us, in looking at as a tax expander, are there competitors out there of ours that solely and exclusively focus on text expansion? Yes. And did they get 30 plus million dollars for funding in the last 12 months? Yes. However, what is happening is companies like Grammarly have just become a competitor to Fly Message. Why? Well, they've released a horrible, crappy text expansion product that only works with simple text, doesn't do any of the things that people want, which is like images and videos and links and all those other things inside there. But nonetheless, they released it so they can have a check the box, me too. But if you look at what these companies are doing for the knowledge worker, they're building out a platform. And this is what I predicted would happen over 12 months ago. And what the focus of our, our what our focus has been is not just building out text expansion, but bringing in the whole workflow process of what a knowledge worker does. For example, we talked about storing your messages. Well, what if I had a tool that helped you write that message? All right, awesome. To make those messages visually appealing and attractive to your target audience, whether you're a salesperson, whether you're an internal constituent welcoming a new member uh, to, to, to onboard, or whether you're talking to a customer and customer service and support. The name of the game today is not just the written word. It's how you visually draw somebody in to be able to be connected to the message. So what if I were to say to you, Ryan, that not only will we be able to help you write it, but we'll also be able to help you correct all your grammar. So whether you write it or we write it, we're going to correct all the grammar and make sure that it's legit and it makes you look professional. And we're going to help you take visual media content and create that for you. Maybe it's a, a Giphy, maybe it's an image, maybe it's a visual voicemail. Then once you've got your message and if you want to use it over and over again, you can categorize it, store it, organize it. Then you can create a short code or quick deployment uh, short codes to be able to deploy that anywhere online. And finally, what if I said to you, once you've deployed that template, whether it be in Salesforce, email, LinkedIn, Twitter, now we're actually going to um, come alive again and say, hey, you know what, Ryan, you just deployed your fly message, but your template says, hey, Ryan, exclamation point. But Ryan's an old school type of guy. You really should say, hello, Ryan, comma based on personality insights. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have that entire workflow as a user embedded into a single platform, that becomes powerful as opposed to an individual point solution where you've got to have four different applications to do those four different things. And that's what we're building with Fly Message is not just a point solution, but an actual AI writing and text expansion platform that does all of those things that I just mentioned, plus things that I, I won't say here on the air uh, because we're not ready to release them yet uh, in terms of uh, really cool factors for the knowledge worker. But those are an example of what the vision is. So you're looking at this as like, like a, and I'm just saying I, like a global platform for any knowledge worker to basically integrate into their workflow, right? And just be a part of everything that they do. Um, to streamline that time and focus and energy that they have, correct? 100%. The goal is to streamline the lost productivity, which is about $16 trillion of lost productivity that we spend on a minimum. 25% of our day is spent reading, writing, rewriting, rethinking 
just messaging alone at work. Now add in a distraction, a bing, one of those little notifications on your computer screen that pops up that says, oh, you've got a new mail. And we go and off on that and we have now 75 tabs sitting at the top of our Internet Explorer bar with 25 different applications. And we look back and we're like, oh, my God, what was I doing? Add on another 27 percent of time. So a total of 56, 57 percent of time that is wasted doing all those things. That is lost productivity. Now, if I made you more productive, just one more hour in the day, personally or professionally, what would that do for your health or what would that do for the business or the company that you work for that you can drive more productivity um, out of that individual knowledge worker? Whether you're a salesperson, HR, enablement, marketer, accounts payable, you name it, what would that do for the company? That's a tremendous cost savings and that's what we're seeing out there. Yeah, uh, hour a day is a lot. So love that vision. I think that's, that's I mean, I, I love that. So um, one other thing, and I know we're getting close on time, so that's why I'm like, uh, circling back here is you talked about like one of the best single best ways to grow your business was the SEO and the content play. And you're doing it. Um, even though you've had investors on like in a bootstrapped cost efficient way. Right. So like what's your formula for that? Right. Because like, there's a lot of really, really, um, I mean, there's a lot of views on, on how to do that and execute effectively, but how are you doing that to really drive in, and, and drive up the monthly users that you're burning in. So it's the exact same process that I rolled out with to become a sales influencer, exact same process that we built to be able to have a 98 million social media impressions at our heydays when we had all, all of our founders that were uh, uh, driving visibility to Vingresso. And it's the same play that we use to this very day. Here's the secret formula. Anybody who's listening in, any SaaS startup founder, write this down. I want you to spend whatever it takes 10 minutes, 20 hours, doesn't matter. Write down 20 questions, 20 questions that your buyer is asking to solve the problem that your product uh, uh, solves. Example, how can I have ubiquitous messaging? How can I speed up, in, in Fly Messages case, how can I speed up uh, the amount of time that is wasted on um, responding to emails? So, right. so you take down, you write down all these questions that lead to your solution and you build a short video in three minutes or less with an answer uh, that answers that particular question. Mm -hmm. Then you turn that three minute video into a content piece and you now start evangelizing that content piece, whether it be a, uh, a, um, a, uh, a blog article, an ebook, and... If you really want to go um, all out, uh, it's going to cost you a little bit of money or you can learn how to do it yourself, podcasting. So as an example, we call it account-based podcasting. It's one of the strategies that we have shown when we, in, our, in our old days. Um, I create a podcast and it's towards a target buyer if it's specifically to the enterprise, maybe not so much PLG, but specifically to the enterprise. And I go out and ask, let's just say I'm selling to CMOs. I go out and ask the 100 CMOs that I want to do business with if they want to be on a podcast and share their thought leadership. Well, guess what? In that one hour that I spend with them in prepping, getting to know them, going over the questions, guess what I get to do? Build a relationship. And then those 100 people can turn into at the end of the podcast, which is, you know, by the way, do you know what we do? 
and then you turn it into an easy appointment. And that's the single best way to be able to get your target buyer on. Not only did I, we create millions of dollars in our training business from that strategy, but about 20% of my guests that have been on my podcast became investors in Vingressa. Oh, no way. That's awesome, man. So it's it's a it's a tactic. That's that's how you be able to go out there and uh, source your leads, um, r- create content, and then of course there's some phenomenal AI tools um, that I'm happy to showcase or talk about. I don't want to uh, step on anybody's toes. No, go but, for it, man. Um, that would help you. Sure. Yeah. So there's a couple tools that are out there that will help you scale content pretty rapidly. One of them is Surfer SEO and their AI writing capability. So you put a topic in. Do some keyword research on that. See what the volume is. If it says, hey, this is a good volume. It's got a good search. You have the SEO, write, uh, Surfer SEO AI, write the article for you. That gets you about 60% of the way there. And then you spend another two to three hours, slam out that particular uh, piece of content. Or you can go to content, uh, I think it's called Content at Scale, uh, is the other platform that does um, also the writing. And there's a couple other platforms that are out there as well. But these platforms will help you scale your content and you start driving blog content to your um, uh, to your website. And if you look at Vingresso, I've got companies like Oracle, Salesforce, HubSpot coming to me because of the domain authority that we've built up over the last six years that they want to link back from my website. So do those types of things and you'll scale the, um, the organic SEO. I love that, man. Do you use AREFs at all, uh, that tool, or no? We use a competitor to AREFs, which is SEMrush. So SEMrush is a tool that um, does a lot of the analytics, tells you what's happening on your website. Um, it's not complete, in my opinion, so you're always having to use multiple tools. We use Ubersuggest and SEMrush, which is a competitor to AREFs. Um, and then uh, we use um, uh, the Surfer SEO and the Content at Scale, and then the good old-fashioned just research, uh, hardcore research. <laughs> Love that, ma'am. Well, we are just about up on time and it was a great, I mean, I love, love chat with you. It was a lot of fun. Love your energy. Uh, so where can people find you? Where can they find out more about Vangresso? And then we'll wrap things up, man. Yep. So Vingresso is just the holding company for, it's like, think of it as Meta and Facebook or Alphabet Soup and Google. Flymessage.io, um, you could type in F-L-Y-M-S-G for message or the long form, M-E-S-S-A-G-E dot I-O, flymessage.io. Um, and uh, to connect with me, uh, you're certainly welcome to reach out on LinkedIn. But when you send me uh, a connection request, don't just hit connect. Say you heard me on Ryan's show here, the podcast, and tell me what you heard so that I know it's a legitimate uh, listener and that then I will accept your connection request message because I only have a very small number of people that I can add to my, 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 uh, my connections because you're start kind of getting at that limit. <laughs> well, Mario, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Make sure you look him up on LinkedIn and reach out and connect to him or check out the website uh, so that you can get access to basically fly message which is looks like an amazing tool. I haven't used it yet personally, uh, but I intend to try it. So thanks for being on, Mario. It was a pleasure, man. Ryan, thank you so much for having me, buddy. I appreciate it. All right. I will see you on the next episode. Thank you for checking out the Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering 
in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.